testimonies in one night that's wonderful thank you Dave thank you John thank you Sarah so we're gonna have one more testimony that's gonna be mine okay you hear me in the back okay okay should we go for it? Okay. My wife's going to pray pray a scripture for me, so go ahead, honey. You pray a scripture for me, and let's... It's not just for you. Oh, okay. It's for us. Pray a scripture for us. Yeah, well, we were all praying together during worship. This was um, brought home to me and just uh, wanted to... Pray it from Psalm 37. So thank you, Father. Tonight we have received mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. and we're going to receive even more. And we receive every day from your word. And your word says the salvation of the righteous comes from you, and we are only righteous because of you. And thank you, Father. Tonight you just throw your robes of righteousness over all of us tonight. You are our salvation. And You are our stronghold in time of trouble. We know in this world we will see troubles, but you help us overcome them. You are the one that it delivers. The Lord helps them and delivers them. You deliver us, Father, from the wicked, and you save us. So, Father, we thank you that you will deliver us from whatever needs to be delivered tonight. And thank you, Lord, that because... We take refuge in you, and we do that tonight. We take refuge in you, and we say, open up. We say to our hearts, open our hearts. Open 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 our minds, uh, Lord, to hear what you are saying. That's right. We say yes to you. Amen. 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 Thank you. That's my wife. That's Karen. And we're married. We have kids. And we have a big house. And grandkids. Yeah. So, say to somebody next to you, I'm glad you're here tonight. Okay. Okay, come on back. I'm glad uh, my friend Blaine is here from Trinity Works. Blaine is the pastor of Trinity Works, so welcome, Blaine. Good to have you with us. Okay, thank you for that worship team. That was wonderful, wonderful to come together and just lift our voices. You guys were really lifting your voices tonight. Wonderful to go for it and worship. Not to hold back. I love the Father 
I love the Son. I love Jesus. And I love the Holy Spirit. I love the, the, the nudges of the Spirit. I love the guidance of the Spirit. I love the way the Spirit teaches me. Love the way he, he leads me in a clear path. Love the way he presents Jesus to me. Doesn't have his own agenda. There's no competition in the Trinity. And I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit tonight from Jesus' perspective. So uh, I want you to be able to read. Uh, if you have a Bible, open it up. If you have somebody next to you doesn't have it, uh, let them see it with you. We've got Bibles in there. There are probably Bibles, uh, Bibles in the back. Um, good if you can see a Bible. If you can't, you know, I'll, I'll share the scripture. Luke 11. We used to say turn, turn to it, but now you, f- you start flipping it <laughs> on your phones. How many of you have the Bible on, a, on, a, on something other than the Bible? Raise your hands. We've got quite a few. So I can't say you turn to it. You flip it. Flip to... F- Flip to Luke 11 here. Swipe. Swipe. <laughs> Swipe it. Okay. It says Jesus was praying in a certain place. Think about it. Think about where Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed at his baptism. It said he was praying when the heaven opened up. Jesus prayed. Where else? Prayed in the garden. He prayed before he chose 12 disciples. He, he spent all night in prayer. Would you have needed to spend all night in prayer before choosing people to be on your team? I wouldn't. That says something about me, doesn't it? See, he was so dependent upon his father. He didn't pray because he was the son of God, because he was God. He prayed because he was dependent upon his father. And it showed. The disciples would see him pray. He prayed at the cross. He prayed before big days. He prayed after big days. He got up early in the morning often, and he'd go off and he'd pray. And they would see him praying. And so finally they came to him and he said, would you teach us to pray? Because they saw something in his life, and they saw his prayer, and they saw his action, and they put it together, and they said, we need to learn to pray. Did he teach them to pray? He taught them, didn't he? They became people of prayer. Wouldn't you like to become a person of prayer? Think about it. Seriously, wouldn't you like to be a person of prayer? Peter became a person of prayer. Changed his life, and then he started changing other people's lives because you learn how to pray. Now, we don't have any record of them saying, Lord, teach us how to evangelize, and that would be a good one. Teach us how to administer. Teach us how to teach. They may have said it, but we don't have a record of it. But we do have a record of them saying, Lord, teach us to pray. Could Jesus teach you to pray? He's been praying now for 2,000 years, nonstop. Could he teach us something about prayer? Wouldn't it be good? Why don't we just stop here and just say, Jesus, Jesus, teach us. Teach me to pray. Jesus, I want to learn to pray.
I want to be a person of prayer. I want people who know me to say, that person prayed. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like that to describe your life, that you're a person of prayer? You're a person who depends on God. See, if I pray for 30 seconds before I jump into bed, that's saying something about my dependence on God, doesn't it? Or my lack of it. But if I'm out praying, if I'm praying in my baptism, if I'm praying before all night before I choose disciples, it says something about what, I'm, what I believe about God and about my need to pray. And so I urge upon you that you would see that, that a desperation would grow in your life. I was a high school senior, and something had changed in my heart because I saw that I, I could connect with people in high school. And they knew that there was something different, but I didn't have the power to change their lives. I didn't have the power to influence them. If you read in my annual, you'd see testimonies about, well, n- nice guy, different. He doesn't, doesn't, didn't go to the parties. But I didn't have power in my life. And I went to a camp in the summer, and there was some of those people there. One was the director, a friend of my dad's. Something in in my life had switched around, and I became a pursuer. I I had a desire. I had a need. I had a longing. You got that tonight? You have a a longing? Is Is it growing in you? Are you more passionate now than you were last year? Looks like, Dave, you really are, aren't you? More passionate than you were a year ago. John is more passionate. Sarah, obviously, more passionate than you were a year ago. I hope when you're 69, I'm 69. I hope you're much more passionate then than you are now. Why not? Why not grow every day? Why not let the Holy Spirit bring you to the Father and teach you how to pray? So he said, when you pray, say, Father. I was blessed a few days ago. I walked through the family room, and our 15-year-old granddaughter, 15 months, Okay, yes. <laughs> 15-month granddaughter, I heard her say it. She said, Abba. One in the study wrote that down. I wonder if that is easy for a, a baby to say, that there's something about that word. <clears throat> it's the first word that the Holy Spirit teaches a new Christian. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit wants to teach you to say, Father, Abba. When Jesus, he taught us to pray, he said, when you pray, say, Father, say it. Now, here's the deal. Most people don't. If you listen to prayers, most people do not say, Father. Now, it's not illegal. It's not illegal to say, dear Lord. It's not illegal to pray to Jesus. I sometimes pray to the Holy Spirit. It's not illegal to do that. But if you want to pray as Jesus taught us to pray, if you want to pray as apostles prayed, for this reason I bow my knee before the Father. There's a reason, because he's going to talk to us now about how to be on the receiving end of God's good gifts, and especially the Holy Spirit. And so if we posture ourselves as children, 
If we're saying Father, we're, we're, we're children. If we're saying Lord, we're servants. Grace be unto you from God our and the Lord Jesus Christ. To the Lord we say, aye, aye, sir. To the Father we say, hi, Dad. Hi, Papa. Hi, Abba. And we come in as a child to receive. As children, we inherit everything. We inherit the world. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's, that belongs to us. The world is ours because we are inheritors, co-with Jesus, who gives us everything that he has. He shares it all. How generous, how kind of Jesus to just to share it all with us. He didn't hold it for himself. He's a wonderful elder brother. I, too, identify with the prodigal's brother. I was an elder brother. I had to be healed of Phariseeism. Easy to get there. Here is an elder brother that loves us so much that he shares it all with his younger brothers and sisters. So everything's ours. Now, as a servant, we have nothing. As a servant, we just go low and we serve. Both of those need to be held in tension. We're children with everything. Otherwise, we feel an entitlement. We start feeling entitled. We're, we're servants of the Lord. We're children of the Father. And both are true. Both at the same time. So Jesus taught us to say, Father. So when you say, Father, you're posturing yourself in a place where you can see, your, you can give thanks to your Father. Let, may your name, may your name come on earth. May, may, may what you are doing in heaven, Father, come down to earth. And then after, after we focus on him, then he tells us to, okay, now we, we're on the receiving end. Give us this day. Forgive us. Forgive us, Father. Don't lead us into temptation. Lead us, from, lead us out of the trials, out of those temptations. The kingdom and the power and glory of the earth. And then <clears throat> he, does, he tells two stories, and he throws in one Bible verse. So we're going to look at two stories quickly, one Bible verse. We call that the Lord's Prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer. He never prayed it. He wouldn't say, forgive us our sins. He never sinned. It's our prayer. That's whose it is. It belongs to us. It gives us an agenda for prayer. Focus on him first. And then we see our needs. And we come as children to the Father, trusting him. Like, like Sarah said, it would be an insult for my kids not to trust me if they're young and I'm taking them place. Dad, you don't know where to go. You don't know where you're going. No, I do. You can trust me. I'll get you there. We can trust our Father implicitly. And so he says, this guy gets shocked. He's got friends who, are, who show up at midnight, and he doesn't have anything to put before them. We'd say, hey, it's okay. It's late. Get up anytime you want to. I'm going to go out early. We'll go, go get something. We'll, I'll, I'll have breakfast for you whenever you get up. But Middle East is different. I lived in the Middle East for close to a year, and I, I experienced that hospitality first time. You have to be careful what you admire because you will take it with you. So just admire the right things. Just admire the BMW and admire, you know, <laughs> what, take, choose, choose what you want to admire. <laughs> so I could tell you 
very strange stories of, of experiencing that. Started a Bible study in, in Bethlehem, and there were about eight uh, Arab guys, and I started in prayer. I thought, well, I will, we'll start this with prayer. By the time I put my head up, they were all gone except the host. Every one of them, because I embarrassed them by talking personally about this God. And they didn't know that God, and so they scattered. The host said, they will never come back in this house. I said, no, that was my fault. That was my fault. I shouldn't have prayed. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. He said, they will never come in the house because they insulted you. I said, they didn't insult me. He said, yes, they did. See, I was the king in the house. And here's this guy at midnight. He's insulted because he didn't have bread, and so he goes out at midnight. How would you like to go out at midnight? How would you like to go out at 5 o'clock? I had to do that once. We had a barbecue out here. And there were about 30 of us together, and there were pastors here. And, and uh, somebody said, please pass the mustard. And I went, oh. I forgot the, I forgot the mustard. I, for, I forgot the mustard. Well, let me just, can you have a hot dog without mustard? You guys are crazy. Raise your hand if you think you're going to have a hot dog without mustard. Okay, raise your hand if you need mustard to have a hot dog. Come on, come on. Come on, there we go. We need some wisdom in this group. Anyway, I started going door to door for mustard. I said, I forgot the mustard. You got I didn't have time to go to the store. So I'm going door to door. I didn't like doing it. But desperation fuels passion. Desperation fuels passion. It fuels passion at prayer. The more desperate you are, the more you're going to go for it. So I'm going for it. it I, don't know, I don't remember how many houses I went to, but it was more than one. And I went to another one. I think it was the third house. They got the mustard. I came back like I was bearing the Olympic torch. I, I, here it is. We have the mustard. And this guy is at midnight. And listen to what the guy says. What does he say to him? Does he get a, does he get a yes answer? What does he say? He calls him friend. I, I, I'm glad he called him friend. Friend. Yeah, you're a friend. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. Hey, I'm gone right there. I didn't want to be there in the first place. It's midnight. And he says, don't bother me. I'm out of there. The door is already locked. If he's trying to discourage the guy, I think he's doing a pretty good job. And my children are with me in bed. What is he saying there? No, what, what, what does he mean by that? My children are with me in bed. What, what is he saying specifically? If he gets out of bed and he entertains this guy, the children are waking up. I've put kids to sleep, lots of them. Like that one there. And others. And you don't want to, you put them down, and it's the second time you put them down, you want to make sure they stay down. <laughs> you do not want to get up again. And so you, you do these weird things, like you're, you're walking out like this, you, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And then you kick something, and. <laughs> And you know the whole process is starting over again. 
it's not, it doesn't register on the happy scale at, at 1 o'clock. It, it's, it's not even close to fun. That's what this guy's thinking. My children are with me in bed. I get up, they get up. You jerk, what are you doing here? Okay, he's already said no three times. Now, he says, I have, what does he say? I can't get up and give you anything. Now, did he, did he get anything that even resembles encouragement to stick around? What's, what's keeping the guy? I'll tell you what's keeping him, desperation. He came to get bread. He's not leaving until he gets bread. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Do you know that sometimes God says no to you because he wants you to keep coming? Jesus said no to a Canaanite woman who came. And my, what a powerful story. We're going to just flip back there quickly. In a 15, Matthew 15, my daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. So what does beloved Jesus, the shepherd of our souls, do? First thing he did, Jesus did not answer a word. So the disciples took their cue from Jesus and said, get her out of here. So disciples came to him and urged him, send her away. She keeps bugging us. She keeps... Can't even read it. Crying out after us. Then, third thing, Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Too bad, lady, you're the wrong race. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me. She is desperate for her daughter. Who knows why the daughter has a demon? Maybe the mother knows. It had something to do with me. We don't know. But maybe she was saying, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what the disciples say. I'm staying here. I'm serious about this. Then Jesus says, it is not, I've got him, it is not right to take the children's bread and feed it to the dogs. That sure sounds like an insult to me. And here's this woman that says, that's right. I'll take whatever crumbs you got. She had such confidence in this man. Jesus must have read her heart because he said, I've not seen anything like this before. He called it faith. When you persist, he'll call it faith. When you don't give up, when you go for it, and you're desperate enough to say, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. I need this. He doesn't take it as an insult, apparently. He takes it as a sign of your faith. 
Because then, every once in a while, you're reading the Bible and you come across a Bible verse, right? So here he, he, he throws in a Bible verse. And I say to you, he just finished the story. Now it says, and I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, knock. I wonder if there's a progression there. I wonder if there is, there is a moving in, moving after. You're asking, you're seeking, you're knocking, you're getting closer, you're moving in, and you're not backing off. You're, at, you're asking, but you're still you're going. You're not just asking once, well, I guess it's not God's will. How easy it is for us to do that. Israel once asked me for a slingshot. He's my son. I was 24. He was then about 23, I guess. Or, no. He, he was uh, in grade school. And I said, sure. But I didn't do anything about it. And so he reminded me, hey, how about that slingshot? Sure, I'll I'll get it for you. And like an indifferent parent, I was not responding to his need. Finally, he used the P word. You promised. (laughs) Nailed it. He got two slingshots. He didn't give up. He didn't say something stupid like, it's probably not God's will for me to have a slingshot. We sometimes think of reasons why God probably isn't going to do what hasn't happened to us, and that's to let God off the hook. Brothers and sisters, you don't need to let God off the hook. He can handle his own reputation. You don't have to try to make him look good when he doesn't answer something that you're expecting because he's going to do something wonderful. Because here's what the verse says. For everyone who asks receives. I once took that and showed it to my mom. And I said, yeah, but that doesn't work. It, every, it doesn't always work, right? It doesn't always work. It says everyone. But was he exaggerating? Was he just throwing out a word, saying everyone, meaning, well, some of them, but not everyone? My mom said, God's word doesn't lie. That kind of ended that discussion. (laughs) Didn't have a lot to say after that. So apparently there's something that Jesus wants you to know about his father that you and I need to learn. That he is far, far beyond outrageously generous, outrageously kind, outrageously lavish, way, way beyond. And so Jesus, who doesn't exaggerate, who doesn't just throw out words, doesn't use hyperbole, said, everyone who asks receives. And to him who seeks, he will find. And those who knock, the door will be open for him. I say hallelujah as well. That's a wonderful verse to take to the bank. We just heard a story 
about a man who was desperate enough to go for it, and he's not going he's, he's to take no for an answer. He's not going to go home until he gets his bread. And then Jesus says, and I say, ask. And then he tells a story, and frankly, it is weird. He says, just suppose, sitting down to eat, and the son says to his father, hey, please pass the fish. Dad, there's a snake on my plate. <laughs> and these fathers are saying, come on, what's, what is that about? Have you ever done that? <laughs> Never even thought of it. It's kind of weird. Jesus won't even stop there. Or if he asks for an egg, hey, please pass the egg. Dad, Dad, there's a scorpion on my plate. That doesn't look like eggs, Dad. Sure got you, didn't I? Why did Jesus tell that story? Here's what I think. You may have a theory. I've got a theory. Here's mine. This Holy Spirit spooky stuff. I mean, it's it, you gotta you gotta be careful. You know, you ask for the Holy Spirit, you may not know what you're gonna get or who you're gonna get. <laughs> so look out. Be careful. Holy Spirit splits churches. Holy, look out for the Holy Spirit. I mean. Get a scorpion on your plate. If you then, though you are evil, that wasn't a compliment, know how to give good (laughs) gifts to your children. So he's saying, you fathers, you know how to give good gifts, don't you? And they're saying, yeah. He got him back on track now. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we know how to give good gifts. Karen and I love to give gifts to our kids. We love to give gifts. Erica went to Brazil when she was a teenager. How did she do that? No, you went to Brazil. Oh, I went to Brazil. That's right. Would you quit correcting me? I went to Brazil. That's right. (laughs) And she said, Dad... You know that there's nice jewelry in Brazil. That's all she said. That's all she had to say. I could not come back and face Erica without jewelry. I could not stand the picture of disappointment on her face if I did not bring back jewelry. At the last day, I said, i got to go shopping. They took me, and I got some jewelry for Erica. Why? Why did I get that? 
she asked, and I'm a dad. Two reasons. She asked, and I'm a father. Fathers know how to give gifts to their kids. Love to give gifts. Love to see her satisfaction. She didn't necessarily deserve it. She didn't earn it. She just, she's my child. That's all it is. Israel got his slingshots. He got two of them. She got her jewelry because she asked. It's not real complicated. I'm not giving a complicated message tonight. Because he says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Who do you ask? You ask the Father. And what does he give you? He gives you the Holy Spirit. How wonderful is that? I asked. I was a senior in high school. Didn't know too much of what to expect. My dad was a pastor. I'd heard him speak on the Holy Spirit before. But somehow this was time. It was ripe. I was really desirous. I wasn't a pushy kid, but the, the, the adults had gone to bed, and the kids were still hanging out. And I asked Alan Hansen, I said, would you pray for me? And he said, yeah, let's do it tomorrow. I wasn't pushy, but I said, I really want to do it tonight. And he said, okay. I, ran, I went around. I said, I'll, I'll get, the, get the gang. So he took us out and just talked to us about the Holy Spirit. And, and he just went around one by one and prayed with us. My, was that a night to remember. Now, 51 years later, I'm more desperate for the Holy Spirit than I was then. I'm more needy. I can't get up here and talk, but just pretend or think that I've got something to give to you unless I really ask the Lord, Lord, you've got to do something. You've got to make it happen. I can't start a ministry because it's a good idea and make something happen. The Holy Spirit's blowing somewhere else. I pray often. I want to I catch your wind. I want to be where you are blowing because, <clears throat> man, if you, if you catch where the Holy Spirit is blowing, you look good because you are sailing. But ask Peter, if you, if you fish where Jesus hadn't told you to fish, man, that's frustrating. You just listen to him and... and you look like a good fisherman, man. Jesus makes you look good. Now, that, that's, that's not the point of it, but he does. He made Daniel look good because Daniel trusted in him. I, I want to be where, where things are blowing, where the, where the wind is moving. So you just got to do that a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's what her dad does. He's 90 years old. He's a sailor. He's, he knows how to sail. He raced. So did Karen. They raced in Japan. They know how to do it, so I just watched him. He, he'd be putting up strings. He just wanted to know where the wind is going. I want to know where the wind is going so that I'm not making it happen. <sighs> I don't have enough wind. But the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit blows, it makes it easy to become a part of that and engage with the Spirit of God. Oh, I love the Spirit of God and how the Spirit operates. Don't you? Don't you? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Let's just... Let's, would that be insulting in any way if, if we asked for the Holy Spirit tonight? Would anybody be insulted here? Anybody 
would, would, would the Father be insulted if we, if we said, Holy Spirit, come. Come into my desperation. Come into my need. Come into my sorrow. Come into my depression. Come into my, come into my passivity. Come into my indifference. Come into my brokenness. Come into my, in, my weakness. So it's, it's not the position of the body, but sometimes it, it helps. It actually helps. And maybe you just want to be in a, a place of receptivity. And then we just ask the Holy Spirit to come. And after we do, we just let whatever the Spirit wants to do, do. And then what I'd like to do is I'd like to take, if there are some of you that for whom this is more new and you might be a little apprehensive like I was as a high school senior, but you're more eager than you are apprehensive and you want to pray together, I'd like to pray with a group, maybe two, maybe ten. We'll just go up to the living room and, and we'll talk about what that can mean, what the Bible speaks about receiving now, if you belong to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. He's in. He's not going anywhere. But there's something about yielding and inviting him to stir in our heart so that the power can be manifested out this way. It's what I did not have as a Christian who loved Jesus as a senior in high school. I did not experience that. But then I began to take steps of faith and incrementally began to see changes take place in my life. What happened that night did not make me one degree more mature, but it did open up a door that I chose to walk through so that I entered into a dimension of life in the spirit that hitherto I had not known about. And I began to understand what it meant to overcome sin. To actually be a victor over sin. Not be always thrown down and be a, a, a loser. But by faith in Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, be victorious over sin. So I can talk about that I really am. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to sin. And alive to God in Christ Jesus. So... That's what we're talking about, that this spirit, this person who has invaded our life wants to express himself through the character of Jesus. The Bible calls that fruit. And through the power, the gifts of Jesus, different gifts of the spirit that are released in you so that you can speak prophetically. You can hear the voice of the spirit inside of you and you can speak somebody the same word that Jesus would speak if he were here in person. How wonderful is that? It's not weird. It's not out there in the stratosphere. We bring it right in here and say, you can do that. Paul said, you can all prophesy. 
I happen to believe that all can speak in tongues, that that's a gift that God releases to people. We'll be talking in the next couple months about that to give clarity. If you have questions, I've got a book I'd love to give you tonight. If any of you desire that, I'll go get some. I'll just bring them down here about, about the Holy Spirit to help you understand. So... Wherever you are at tonight, you desperately need the Holy Spirit. If God has captured your heart and you are walking in the Spirit, you desperately need more of the Spirit. Because where you're at is not where you will be a month from now. And you need to cry out for more. Because the Father, who is your Father, so extravagant, loves to give, ready to give you even now. There are people tonight that are going to experience healing deep in their soul as they just say, come, come and touch me and heal me. So Father, we come tonight as your children and we say, Father, we say, Father, you are our Father. We are your children. And we don't come showing you our record. We don't come showing you our performance. What we have to show you is the performance of Jesus Christ in whom we have trusted. And we are complete in him according to your word. And so we come to lay claim to our inheritance. And some are laying claim tonight of healing in their soul, of healing deep in their heart. Thank you that you are a healing God, that you are a Father who draws near to the brokenhearted and you save the crushed in spirit. Thank you for the testimonies tonight. Thank you for those that you are going to turn out from themselves so that whether they go to Walgreens or a basketball game, that they know they're here on a mission and that you use them and their personality to shine in a dark world. Not about being an extrovert or an introvert, about being a light. Jesus already said it. You are. You can't do anything about it. You are. Light shines. And Father, we want to shine in dark places. We want to shine in ways that, that bring people into the light out of the darkness. We are sad for people that are in the darkness. We want them to come into the light. We really do want you to use us. And we, we are serious and intent with that. And so we're coming. And we want you to know tonight that we're going to ask and ask and ask and ask. We're not going to stop asking. We're going to seek and seek. We're going to knock. 
Because we're going for this, and we will not be discouraged from going after it until we see that healing, until we see that life transformed, until we see people, until we see our family reconciled. We're going to go for it. We're going to keep asking. We're sorry that we've quit so easy. We're not going to do that anymore. By confidence in you, we are going to persist. So now just let the Holy Spirit. We can't contain the Holy Spirit. They were filled in chapter 2 and they were filled in chapter 4. What's that about? They didn't leak. They just, you, you, you can't contain God himself. And so he who is in us is also around us and among us and over us and comes now with his power in fresh ways. I'm just going to start singing. Feel free. And just so you know, it's okay for us to sing together in tongues. It's okay. It doesn't have to be interpreted. It wasn't interpreted on Pentecost. It wasn't interpreted on Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. When it's for worship, it doesn't need an interpretation. The scripture is clear. If it had to be interpreted, then there are scriptures that are out of place, and that cannot be. So I'm just going to invite you to sing in English, sing in a new language. Some of you are going to be released, and you're going to open your mouth like I did as a senior. I just opened my mouth because I knew I was just going to speak in tongues. I knew it. How did I know it? God just touched me. God, the Father told me. We call you Father. We call you Father. We call you Father. Sorry about that. You are a father to Let your love surround me, bring me near, draw me to your side, and I wait, I'll rise up like In the power of your love, hold me close, let your love surround me, bring me near, 
soar with soar you. With you. Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Power of your love. You're a wonderful God. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your love. Thank you for coming Thank to you, us in our need. You Thank you for filling us, us tonight. Fill us up, God. More, oh Lord. Fill us up with yourself, Pour oh us. Pour into us. Fill us up. Give us your Release Holy the Spirit. gifts of the Holy Spirit, God. Release the gifts of your Release Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. And the gifts of God. Oh, Some of you may want to ask. You've asked for a gift. That would not insult the Father for you to ask for a gift. He knows how to give good gifts to his children. As he comes with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes bearing gifts. I pray for a persistence on my brothers and sisters tonight. Oh God, that builds an immunity toward discouragement in going after you. We pray for an immunity to a discouragement that just says, well, it's not going to happen. I pray for faith to rise in the hearts of your people tonight. faith that will not take no for an answer because we know that God is faithful and he will do it. Great is thy faithfulness O God my Father there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. those who are going to be help us praying up front come up and find your place up in front after we finish praying here I'm going to go upstairs into the living room invite any of you that want to join me especially those who are saying I really want to be filled with the Holy Spirit I'm not sure I am 
want to see the gifts of the Spirit in my life. I'm not sure if I do. Know that you can also, as you're singing along, in even a hymn like we were singing just now, you can sing some other words in English and some other words in the Spirit. It doesn't have yes. to be all this perfect whatever language you think, oh my, I'm going to have to go to school and learn a new language. I'm not good at learning a new language. I don't think I can do this. That's not what it's about because it's a gift. Whoa, what's that? A gift. So it's for you and enjoy it. Like a child would say, oh, thank you. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Abba. Melt me, mold me, fill me. Open up now, even as you say. As you come, Holy Spirit, would you bring peace to those who need peace to sleep at night? Would you give peace to those who have struggled with depression? Lord, come like a blanket. Come like a blanket over them. Those that need healing deep within, come. Come, deep healing inside. Oh, yes, God. Do your work. Just turn to someone next to you now and continue praying. Pray with one another. Just turn right now. Just find somebody to pray with. Agree in prayer. Two or three agree. Remember what the Bible says. I'm going to go upstairs up into the living room. If you want to join me, I'd love to pray with you personally.